Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. No Chris Schubert. He didn't want to be here. No, he, no. he spent a couple days around. Jeez, man. Said, See you later. Could have stuck around one more day here in beautiful Arizona, recorded a podcast with us. And Chris or Chris said, you know what? No, we're out of here. I'm out of here. I don't want to be part of any more of the live recordings. And so we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to record outside right next to a highway. That's right. <laughs> so if you hear a little humming, just know we're outside. We're enjoying the sun. Uh, Chris is at home. Hopefully, we create a little bit more work for him. Yeah. He's got to touch up the audio levels. For sure. I'll go bit by bit. It'd be a real shame if that were the case. But listen, it's Monday, mm-hmm. April 11th, yes. 2022. Can confirm. It's Mock Draft Monday. And it's brought to you by Bet Online. That's, that's right. Uh, that's the best place for you to bet on all of your sports wagering needs and info. It's the number one spot. You can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs fights and even next season's futures don't forget major league baseball is back as well who are you picking to win the world series kyle you going with uh don't care uh the reds and the uh don't care uh blue jays still don't care new york mets let's go Mets. i don't they've got everything live betting your favorite vegas casino games poker games it's super easy to get started head to the website or use your mobile device today join and use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive a 50 percent Welcome bonus, Kyle. Not math guys here, but that means if you put $100 down, you get an extra 50 for free. Well, I'm not a math guy, but that was I right. think that's 50%. 50%? Yeah. Bet online where the game starts. Mock Draft Monday. Keith Spice Sanchez went ahead and blessed us with a mock draft yesterday. Now, credit to Keith, right? Because we've had the entire TDN scouting staff together for the last four days. Yeah, it felt longer. Yeah, it felt longer. Time flies when you're having fun, right? So, you know, just... We got a lot of stuff done. We got a lot of great content coming. But Keith, yesterday, locked himself in a room and said, I'm going to see you guys on the other side, but I got to do the mock. Didn't even go to dinner with us. He did not go to dinner dinner with us. He did show up yesterday for dinner after the mock came out, though, which was nice. So uh, Keith put out his latest mock draft and um, did what Keith does in that there are some surprises in here along the way. But we have, as is customary here on Mock Draft Monday, our superlatives about the mock draft to take, starting with our favorite pick. And Joe, I'm about to cough, so I'm going to let you take your favorite pick and introduce everybody to your favorite pick from Keith's Mock. My favorite pick from Keith Spicy Sanchez Mock Draft. Number 13, Houston Texans. He's got him picking Trevor Penning, the offensive lineman out of northern Iowa and I feel like over the last week, in my own mind and in some of our conversations, I keep saying, man, I have no idea what the Texans are going to do at 3-13. and 13. It could get a little bit strange. Uh, and I like what happened for them here in terms of adding trench help, especially at 13. I think their first pick, if I'm not mistaken, was Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher, which I love. And then to come back at number 13 and go back to the trenches and get yourself a player in Trevor Penning, that's going to be a tone setter for your football team and your entire organization. He's a culture changer with his work ethic and just the way he approaches everything he does, a super physical mauler. And um, I think if you're a Houston team that just needs to get good football players, you got to love the KT Trevor Penning 
combination with their top two picks? Uh, my favorite pick was what the Saints did with both of their picks. I'm doing the Joe Marino double dip special Come here. Uh, no, I gotta <laughs> do it. All right, so they got Charles Cross at 16, and then they got Jamison Williams at 19. And I couldn't possibly decide between the two. So I just said, you know what? Saints draft class, that is my favorite pick. I mean, you think about losing Teron Armstead in free agency. Jamison Williams is my wide receiver one, if not for the injury. I think he would comfortably be wide receiver one in this year's class. I think he's a very, very complete player. I think he takes a lot of the best skills of a number of the different receivers that are in this draft class and blends them into one body. Uh, So the Saints, that's my favorite uh, combo here. Imagine being concerned that Jamison Williams might miss the first six games of his rookie season, and that's the reason he's not your wide receiver one, when he's the best player. I just, I don't know, I can't do that. Well, and also, he might not miss six games, too. Right. right. You, you don't know. Right. It's a 10-year investment. That'd be the most, right? He's on yeah, pup he, and misses six pump. games. Yeah, probably. All right, biggest surprise. And sometimes when we do biggest surprise, it's like biggest surprise as in, like, why did that happen? This is just the biggest surprise because I don't think I've seen this and I've not considered this before. And I go all the way to number 31 where Keith has the Cincinnati Bengals picking Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. I love that fit for them. I do, man. And at first glance, I was like, yo, that's different. And that's why it would be a big surprise. Um, But, you know, you look at the the makeup of the safety depth chart, you love Jesse Bates and alongside of him is Von, uh, Von Bell. And... You know, I think Von Bell is still a serviceable player, but, you know, Daxon Hill gives you that guy to pair with Jesse Bates for the long haul, and you have some really exciting interchangeable guys, you know, that both have a lot of range. Um, you know, you could play Daxon Hill down in the box in, in the slot man coverage. He'll tackle. He'll obviously be a big asset fitting the run in, in a division that likes to, to run the football, and then you have that rangy dude over top in Jesse Bates. You know, I, I know that they still have a question left on the offensive line, but I think Cincinnati's positioned themselves well enough with what they did in free agency to let the talent follow them. And if a player like Daxon Hill, who I think is a top 15 player in the class, is there for them at 31, they can, they can turn in the card and feel really good about just adding a great football player to their team. How about um, Tyler Linderbaum at 23 to the Cardinals uh, well, as a surprise yeah. pick? I mean, obviously they recently acquired Rodney Hudson, who I know is an older player, but when you think about Tyler Linderbaum and his skill set and you think about the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think I've seen that pairing yet either. No. And, you know, I I certainly think there's a value proposition where if if Arizona feels as though Linderbaum can play in their scheme, uh, he's one of the better players that's going to be available at 23. Uh, regardless of the the contract situation of Rodney Hudson and and kind of the runway that they have there. But uh, Linderbaum at 23 to Arizona as as a team who probably would love to find a little bit more balance running the football. And I know that's what Keith had mentioned is one of the motivating factors and knowing how good he is, how athletic he is to be able to, to illustrate and pass pro. And I think one of the things I do like about this pick, you think about, Arizona in the division that they play in, there's some disruptive penetrators inside yeah. in that division. And you think about his movement skills, and he's got the quickness to try to mirror some of that penetration. Now, whether or not how quickly he acclimates the league will determine how successful that is. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. Um, tell me why. Oh, boy. I felt, I felt the urge to sing there. Tell me why. Thank you. 
Um, Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Tell me why. The Eagles didn't win the first round with their selections here, Kyle. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, won at number 18. Kyle Hamilton, uh, in the words of Kyle in the words of Kyle Krabs, player one at 18. Yeah. You want to talk about getting some big-time impact dudes for your football team. Yeah, a guy like Devontae Wyatt, who I think has uh, an extremely high ceiling as a pass rusher, where you know Fletcher Cox kind of in the last in that, that one-year deal that they brought him back on, and you feel like you've got the natural like freak to replace him, a guy that ran a 4-7 at the friggin' combine, and you watch him play on tape. I mean, this guy's got unbelievable explosive athleticism. And then Kyle Hamilton? Come on, man. Like, are you kidding me? At 18? You talk about an infusion of talent to your defense. I don't think you can do a better job than that. Keith, I need you to listen to me. Tell me why you insist on putting Christian Watson above Sky Moore in your mock drafts. He's always finding excuses to put Christian Watson in the first round. He gave him at 30 to the Chiefs. I understand he's a high weight speed guy. And he's a really attractive developmental prospect at wide receiver that has a lot of uncoachable qualities. But you lost Tyreek Hill. And I'd rather have somebody who can take more and do more from the same alignments that you often use Tyreek Hill from. And you tell me, is that Sky Moore or is that Christian Watts? Um, this just feels like a really good transition to my next, <laughs> my next pick, which Kyle has now looked at my notes and is, is fully aware of. And my sneaky good selection is uh, Christian Watson at number 30 Lord have mercy. to the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, we're, we're talking about number 30. The Chiefs aren't in position that. to get one of those top guys. But, like, to me, what you lost in Tyreek Hill was the explosive ability to make plays. Well, Christian Watson is that. He's a guy that... So Sky Moore. I, but listen, 57 plays... In college, and touches State. that went for twenty. And North State. And you're gonna. We're talking about friggin' Western Michigan. They they played significant Power Five competition. Fifty-seven plays in college that went for at least twenty yards on hundred and eighty touches. 6'4", 211 pounds. To me, Kansas City is exactly the type of team that can maximize a talent like Christian Watson, and. I know that he's not ideally a first-round pick, but we're talking about number 30. We don't have 30 first-round grades, and this team needs an explosive wide receiver to add to the mix, and they're not going to get one later in the second round. This is kind of what they have to do, and I think it's a sneaky good selection. 11 for 124 and a touchdown against Pittsburgh in Week 2. Sky Moore. 2 for 22 against Michigan. That's Couldn't fine. make the explosive well, Listen, plays. don't. Don't scout the box score for unproductive games, okay? I just took a quick gander looking at these amazing opponents like Northern. Well, you're going to talk about amazing opponents when the Eastern other guy, guy on the other side of the coin is an FCS team. I'm just saying we're talking so about low-level players. Scout the traits. You know it. That's right, and I think the traits for Sky Moore are a better fit to project into the mm, Chiefs offense. I think they need that explosive downfield guy, height, weight, speed guy. Yeah, I need to replace the likes of Byron Pringle and Sammy Watkins, <laughs> right? Yeah, those guys really did a number on you. They want, they want a Super Bowl with those guys. Okay. Sneaky good selection. I had it, and then you got me all fired up. Oh, it's, it's uh, Zion Johnson and the Steelers. Now, we all have well-established our love for Zion Johnson. We, this is not the first time that we have seen this uh, projection, but I think the buzz on an offensive lineman like Zion Johnson to Pittsburgh has probably cooled a little bit. You consider the... 
the maybe the hope for a quarterback or doing something in that regard. Um, we haven't gotten a lot of heat from Zion Johnson. He's probably somebody who you're seeing more consistently at 21 to New England or 23 to Arizona or 24 to Dallas. So for him to go a little bit earlier, like even though he's going early in the mock, I still think it's good value, and I really like that fit with the Steelers. Um, my best value pick here, and it's one that you already talked about, but I want to hit it from a different angle here. It's what the Saints were able to get done with their their two first-round picks. Charles Cross, the left tackle at 16, obviously. Teron Armstrong, it's gone. They need a left tackle. And look, Jameis Winston's going to be their starting quarterback, and he's not a guy that's going to really move around a whole lot. And so I think protecting him is going to be important. But Jameson Williams at number 19. And <clears throat> at the root of what the Saints did with the trade is – they said, we want to take our first-round pick next year, this year, right? Like, at its core, that's what they did. And now they use it on Jamison Williams, who we have just got done talking about. It's like, hey, he might miss six games. And you're getting that player a year ahead, and he's super young, man. Like, if you're going to take your first-round pick next year now, how about that as, as the player that you get? Right. I think it's a great allocation of resources. Right. Well, um, I guess the other way that you could choose to look at that, too, is – even if Jamison Williams misses time, right, you're still getting an, a, an advance right. on the player, right? Because the other alternative is you don't pick a receiver till next year. Well, now you're getting right, a receiver. Now you get him now. Right, and you get him week seven. Yeah. Hypothetically. At the worst. Uh, we, you've already mentioned Kyle Hamilton. Anytime Kyle Hamilton falls outside the top eight picks, he's obligatory going to be the best value. But if I had to look beyond that and try to find uh, another candidate, I'd, I'd probably mention Sauce Gardner at nine. Uh, and Daxton Hill at 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think those three player combos with teams uh, relative to where I have them on my own personal sets of of positional rankings uh, are are good values. I think they're players who can be immediate impact players for their respective teams. And I think if that's how this draft manifests, every single one of those fan bases should be doing backflips over what they ended up hauling when it's all said and done. It's time for the I don't get it superlative. And I do not get the Los Angeles Chargers picking wide receiver Drake London at number 17. Not because I don't think Drake London's worth the 17th pick in the draft. I just don't understand this for the Chargers. Your top three receivers are going to be Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Drake London. And to me, all I think about is a constipated offense when you have three possession-style guys as your top three targets. I would want a guy that can be explosive and win down the field. And so I don't hate a receiver for the Chargers. I just don't like this one. You know, if it was Chris Olave, a guy that's a field stretcher that can help you maximize Allen and Williams, I can get behind it. But I just don't feel like Drake London is stylistically the type of receiver that makes sense for the Chargers based on what's already in the fray. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's Maybe we can propose a trade between the two teams because I didn't get the Jets pick. Of Olave? Of Olave at 10. Think about it. This is a Shanahan-style offense, right? Yeah. A lot of stuff that's underneath as the early progressions. And Chris Olave, where he's best right now, in my opinion, is vertically and in their intermediate areas of the field. So I think you have a foil between, like, yes, you want a receiver that can play to Zach Wilson's strengths, but I also think Zach Wilson has to continue to evolve his play style so that he's better suited for the offense that the Jets are trying to run. And maybe they'll bend. You know, maybe they'll open up their offense and they'll run some more non-traditional stuff. But 
based on what we saw at the Senior Bowl, it does, sure doesn't look like it, right? It, like, <laughs> no. it, that's the offense nope. that they're going to run. That was such a great snapshot of understanding exactly what the Jets want to do, right? Yes. And you got to respect Carson Strong because he's like, nope. I'm throwing it down the field. <laughs> right, but like, did it work? No. And that's the, that's, that's the problem with Zach Wilson, right? Is it's like, right. I'm going to miss the on-timing stuff and look to continue to extend the play and push the ball down the field. Your offense isn't built to do that. So, right. yes, Chris Olave can help him with that area, but you should be working on getting him out of that frame of mind. You know, and you got to, like, from the Jets' perspective, I know this is kind of a weird way to say it, but, like, they saw the types of quarterbacks that came in and were productive for them, whether it's C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, even Mike White had a couple of good games. And it, they really do believe in the scheme where it's like, if you could just come in and you know get the ball out on these these quick these quick passes that we want, and then the cherry on top is the off script yeah. and the throws down the field. But when you have a Carson Strong or a Zach Wilson who are kind of going to chase those big plays, you can force them into that scheme all day long, thinking that you know if you get them to play on schedule, the off schedule stuff will be the bonus. The problem is they can't get themselves to the point where the bonus isn't what they try to do as their primary stuff. Right. So that's why give me Drake London. Let's do can we do the trade for him? Yes. yes. Done. Tom Telesco yeah. and, uh, and Joe Douglas are yes. getting business. We're, we're we're trading the picks <laughs> between the Chargers and the Jets. So the Jets can get Drake London at 10 and the Chargers can get Chris Olave at 17. And that's it. That exactly fits the role that we just talked yeah. about for both of those respective offenses. Now you have a player who fits that respective role in that respective offense. So uh, good to do a little business with you, Mr. Telesco. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad we set everybody up for success. So that was, that was the pick that I don't get. Joe, we have a couple minutes left. Would like to talk to you about the final stretch as somebody who works in the industry. This <laughs> is, yeah, it, yeah. The takes are tough right now, right? Like you're, you're searching for new opinions, new information. We don't have any. Right? It, just, <laughs> right? it is what it is right now. Here we are. Yeah. We got two weeks to burn, and we know everything we're ever going to know. Right. Unless something dramatic comes out about an individual player. How do you handle these two weeks? Uh, man, I, I, I kind of hate to say this, but I have very low <laughs> amounts of time spent on social media. This is when I, I, I really get kind of burnt out on the the opinions right i i love the process the process is something that is always exciting for me and, and i and i love as much time as possible to learn and and study these players but i think the social media component of the nfl draft and covering it the last two weeks are always always Tough. the hardest yeah so i i spend my time more so getting caught up on the teams themselves yeah, of course yeah for sure so who, what moves did we make in free agency? We were playing this, what's this stupid game? It's not stupid, it's Weddle. Weddle. And it's it's NFL players? It's NFL players' version of Wordle. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we were doing this yesterday, and the question was like a wide receiver in the NFC who wears number 13, da 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 Yeah, we whittled, it, we whittled it down. Waddled it down. Weddled, weddled it, down. it down. We whittled it down. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, we, we were totally stuck. It was me, Keith, Courtney was out with us, and you and Chris had already done, yeah. done it, so you already got it. What well, was a first-year player on this team signed in free agency? 
how am I supposed to know what roster assign number roster number assignment this guy had? I he was a, a fair to say a peripheral wide receiver in the grand scheme of things. He, he was. It, I think that is the challenge like, for that specific thing. It was like the key piece of information that you got it down to was, hey, we know he's Chicago Bears wide receiver number thirteen. You know what I mean? Uh, Sixty-seven catches for less than nine hundred yards in four seasons in the NFL. Yeah. How do you? How do you? Major how, asset to Justin Fields. How do you expect me to know this player when it's his? He's never played a down for the team in the midst of doing draft season and all this stuff. So it's a good embodiment of like this is the perfect time to like. You know what you know. Finalize your board. Get those final grades in. And then look to the teams and make sure that you're completely prepared on the transactions that the teams have made, what their team needs are, what their salary cap situation is, what their future draft capital assets look like, what players they have that are getting ready to, to be contracts that expire or contracts that a team might continue to explore getting out of because they, they from a, a money perspective. And use this time in that way instead of trying to reinvent the wheel with what is now what 11 and a half months worth of information that's all culminated here like there's no secret key here that you're gonna use to unlock like the great epiphany right that's a good way to put it right yeah when you said we know everything that we're gonna know about these prospects that's a really good way to put it man and and especially when we've been working on this class since may with you know we're two of six specific scouting staff members where everybody's working on the class yeah but it's like we said it we said everything we can and and i think that it is a a fair thing to to also say that we do shift our attention more towards the team side of things and you know trying to put ourselves in position to uh do well in that mock draft competition that's right so so that's how we'll be spending these next two weeks we Hope you take that ride with us. We will, of course, be doing deep dives. we got Battle of the Board to get to. I think we'll probably do that, what, next week? Soon. Yeah, maybe Wednesday, Thursday next week. I think Wednesday's our cutoff for for grade submissions. So that'll be locked in that day. Um, So we're right up against it. So plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, sometimes Chris Schubert, but not today. Didn't want to be with us. Thank you guys for checking out Draft Dudes. Make it a good one. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.